What's up guys? For this week I will be talking to a friend of mine, Kimberly Putnaki. As for this week, I will be talking to a friend of mine, Kimberly Putnaki. She put out a book called Just Breathe, and she wrote this during uh, the pandemic, lockdown in 2020 and everything. And uh Hey, what's up guys? For this week, I'll be talking to my friend Kimberly Putnaki. She put out a book called Just Breathe, and it's fantastic. I really recommend you guys checking it out. You can get it on Amazon.com. It was really, to me, a fantastic reflection on a lot of the vulnerabilities that we really experience with love while we are also getting over brokenness and getting over healing areas, coming to terms with what love means to us. And expectations of dealing with our own vulnerabilities and wounds as well as another person's and coming to terms of, of what a healthy relationship looks like in the midst of all that volatility. You know, at least that's what I got out of it. I think everyone uh, will get something different out of it. Uh, and there's a lot of really cool dimensions to how she wrote this book. And so, you know, to me, uh, it's a beautiful book. It's it's a lot of pain wrote it, but also a lot of hope. But yeah, hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Zoom ever. I hate Zoom. I hate anything that I have to see my face. <laughs> I feel you, man. Well, dude, it's like I, I've noticed with these things when I shrink them into a screen, like everybody looks better, including myself. So uh, I'm actually... I'm experimenting with kind of adding some quality camera shots, you know, in, in my room. So if it looks bad, I just won't use them. So, uh, or like your little setup, you man, I'm trying, I'm trying here, man. Like it's, uh, I'm actually kind of in between locations, you know, I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit and, uh, yeah, man, so I'm kind of, it's, this is, I'm still kind of getting into the rhythm of doing a podcast and everything. And so um, the more I do it, the better I get at it. But I'm really trying to upgrade because I feel like I'm still using like older, like my webcam, for instance, is like, it's okay. But it's, um, I don't know, I don't, for some reason, I think when people watch YouTube or something, they probably subconsciously judge the quality of the video and it's just assume I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch that so I have to kind of stay in with the times so just so it's it's of quality and it's not like people people aren't just thinking I'm some aging millennial with like a I don't know iPhone one or something but uh Dad, we're no longer young anymore yeah I know man well hey dude I believe age is your energy or energy is your age man so sure. you know I kind of like it's funny I've been doing uh doing a lot of uh I've been doing Uber recently just to kind of supplement my income and uh, you, I'm, I'm a talker. So it's like when people get in, I mean, I, I have to kind of judge whether they are, but usually people are, uh, I've like made so many friends that are like college kids that like think I'm their age just cause I, I, I've aged kind of well, but I mostly still have like an enthusiasm, like a naive enthusiasm for life. <laughs> so like, I don't know, that hasn't been beat out of me yet. So well, that's I, good. I know I, I will, it, it can be, you know, that's actually one of the uh, topics that I want to talk about with your book, because man, like, you know, it's very, I don't know, man, I, I know I've, I've known you for a good amount of time, but we, we probably haven't like 
we haven't like dialogue really really deep i've always sensed like some depth with you know in you and so when you wrote your book i was very very i was very like looking forward to kind of exploring like a person that i know but i don't know that well you know because it's like i think we all have like assumptions about people and <laughs> you know just like man like I don't know. I really think there's no such thing as an average person or a person that we look at and just kind of immediately assume so many different things. Like there's, there's a world behind their eyes that we don't really know about, you know? And so this was like a perfect opportunity to kind of like test myself of like, man, there's all these things that I think are, um, I don't know. I tend to sometimes put people in boxes, not that I did you, but at the same time, like I said, we all make assumptions, but, you know, I was looking forward to exploring kind of this, you know, this, this really passionate work that you did and stuff. And so, um, I guess just to kind of set us up, man, like, um, yeah, man, explain kind of the roots of why you decided to do this book. It's, it's called just breathe by the way. And I'm with, uh, Kimberly is it... tattoo for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it Putnoki? Uh, Panaki. Panaki. Okay. Sorry. All right. Kimberly Panaki. So, um, but yeah, man, like just kind of give us the general, like, uh, story behind the book. And then I want to get into some passages I've marked and, uh, yeah, I'm re really looking forward to it, but yeah, tell us what you, uh, tell us the, the genesis behind just breathe. Yes. So it started with COVID and kind of like everyone I don't know whether you're working or not. For me, I never stopped working, thankfully, mm -hmm. but everything was closed down. So instead of going out to do something, I just had a lot of time to think and reflect because um, even my job aspect was very different. So in that aspect, I found my old journal that I had brought with me when I moved. And as I was reading it, I was like kind of embarrassed that I had written so much like sadness. Cause I'd never want to say my twenties were the worst, but I would never want to relive my twenties again. Mm -hmm. And so as I was reading through it, I just thought there's a lot of stuff I never actually dealt with. And a lot of it had to do with bad relationships mixed in with my own personal state of depression. Mm -hmm. It didn't mix very well. And so as I was reading my little excerpts, I just kind of started writing because I always loved writing, wanted to write full time. You know, if that could ever be something I do for my life, I would love it. And I would do these little poems and send them off to my friend. And she was like, oh, these are so good. Like, keep doing it. So I'm like, okay. And it ended up being super cathartic. Like it was therapy. I, I needed therapy back in the day, but I mm -hmm. am stubborn. I'm not going to do it because for me, even talking about it now, I'm a happy person. So I can't go sit down to a therapist if nothing's wrong. <laughs> you kind of have to go to it when you're really deep into it. Mm -hmm. So the more I just kept writing, the more I realized that I'm just dealing with stuff I never dealt with. Not that my relationships were bad, they just weren't good. And I couldn't see the line of stopping those relationships. So for me, I was dealing with those relationships, the mental health aspect that I've had since I was a kid, but not a lot of people knew about it. And even when I released it, I've had friends that have told me, I'm so sorry. I didn't see that you were suffering. And it was like, please don't apologize. There's a reason why you didn't see it because you weren't supposed to. We're very good at hiding it. So. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I actually feel like 
in the nature of our education is everything outside ourselves. You know, we're never really taught how to process the inward things. And even in, even in spiritual circles and in, 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 you know, churches and stuff, man, too often, you know, we don't, we don't want to make a bad confession. <laughs> and yet like the nature of our, um, of our inner world is really the, the, the grounds of real, um, spiritual growth, you know, and it's sort of like, for me, it's very, very backwards that we're not as encouraged to delve into the raw places, you know, like, like the one, I mean, one of the, the biggest book in the Bible is the Psalms. And there's like some of the Psalms that are just like agonizing and just, just really raw. I mean, it's a great work of art, regardless of, who, you know, what, you know, if people believe in the Bible or not looking at the Psalms is just such the shades of different emotions that, that the human experience brings and the importance of us processing that. Um, I feel like, you know, the one place that we should be able to uh, find the courage and the, I guess the medium to, to really release some of those raw emotions should be, you know, churches and spiritual circles. Now I, I feel like, I mean, I've been fortunate to kind of have enough people that I feel like, really really kind of understood that and so like uh but i feel like we're still um you know we're still kind of realizing the importance of it you know it's like it's like we kind of sometimes tolerate it like ah, okay tell me what you're telling me your problems okay what's the solution exactly because you don't want to be like a burden because yeah. even though to you it seems like a huge part of your life if you keep telling it over and over again people mm -hmm. are going to be like just get over it yeah absolutely man and you know, and that's there's also that that problem that uh, this is very very common in, in relationships, I guess, where like, you know, men are fixers, and so they're like, okay, let's fix the problem, and like, you know, women tend to be a little more about like just listen to what I have to say, be present with me, and like they value kind of that presence because that's the, it's almost like that's the the subtext for real intimacy is that we're I'm I'm not a I'm not I'm not a problem that needs to be fixed. I'm a I'm a person who needs to be loved. And so, and it's like the act of, of just being here and kind of, kind of honoring my pain is the, is like the place where the more you do that, that allows, um, the, the, the solution to really take hold, you know, to really take, you know, to where it's just not about one plus one equals two. It's about like, what's the nature of the problem. And it's always going to be something that implies something deeper than just, you know, rationalizing something. It's there's a there's the deeper parts of, of the human condition that I feel like men too often, you know, are a little more driven to, you know, figure, you know, figure out the problem. But it's like we're, we're, we're not problems, you know, we're people. Yeah. And Just validate it's, what we're in right now. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And uh, so I mean, I read when I was reading your book and stuff. I feel like there there's kind of like this. Um, let me know if this is accurate but you, you have it divided in, into two sections inhale and exhale and so the fir first one's kind of like you're, that is really kind of the more raw like you're just kind of letting you're just kind of hitting kind of almost miscellaneous uh points of light to kind of illuminate the picture essentially and then the the, the next part is kind of you almost piecing together the, the the picture and kind of resolving a lot of these inner conflicts you know uh, is that kind of an accurate you know would you say that's kind of accurate yeah, I wanted the second part to be a little bit more breathable and mm -hmm. the exhale portion of it because it does end more happy, but also I did input more. There was still depression there regardless because yeah. it doesn't go away. Like it's there mm -hmm. yeah. regardless if you're in a good relationship, bad relationship, it's present. Yeah. 
absolutely absolutely man uh yeah let me actually i don't know it's weird when delving into some of these things i don't know how long this is going to take so i kind of want to like i'm really excited to get into some of this stuff because i know like this is the thing though is that what's weird about writing poetry and writing the way you did is that there's a reason why you, you didn't write an essay is you know there's a there's a sort of like uh there's a there's a certain way of expression that you're just trying to express yourself and as you're going along you're piecing it together and then also the reader is kind of taking along a journey where they're probably able to kind of experience their own variation of, of things you experience because we a lot, there's a lot of common themes you know uh and so i kind of want to like i kind of want to i kind of want to jump in and just kind of see where, where this takes us because this this is actually really uh there's some really things there's some notes i took too um because i feel like this really offers a lot a lot of substance that i feel like we today by and large kind of face similar problems you know we we face a lot of similar pressures um and we're still working through it with especially with like social media and a lot of the pace of life and everything it's just there's there's aspects of relationships in our own in our own spiritual growth and mental growth and stuff that um, I don't know. I feel like in my own, like in my, in my podcast here and me telling my own story throughout this year that I'm, I'm getting ready to do and stuff, you know, my, a lot of my life, a lot of my experience I've realized is, uh, it's my issues and my problems, my own pain and stuff. It's just not tied to myself. It's an indication of so many different things that other people are going through. And when I understand myself, I'm really able to genuinely uh, and sincerely connect with others so much better because I'm connected within myself, you know, like I don't, I just, I'm just not speaking to some abstraction that I don't understand. I kind of understand the rawness of what someone else is going through. And so I don't know. I feel like this is one reason why I really want to have you on because I feel like there's in our, the domain of human relationships, there's a lot of these things. I think a lot of people are, are dealing with and, uh, the way you process it and kind of in, introduce kind of some, uh, I don't know, just some perspective. I think it's really important. So uh, I wanted to start it off by just reading this because this is something that I want to return to. And this is actually, I'm not sure if this is something that you connected, but it's something that I read this and I was like, this is actually kind of a, uh, you know, the way that you wrote this, there's some mystery and there's some things that, that you probably, probably, you may be aware of certain way things link up, but there's also some things that you may are like, wow, I didn't even see that's you know, so I'm going to come back to this one, but I want, want to start off first, but in, uh, this is, I think page 145, by the way, was there anything you wanted to add to that, by the way? I think you're doing a fabulous job, by the way. I'm, I'm very interested to see like <laughs> not only a different perspective, but the male perspective of it, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, it's weird. I'm, uh, I'm a weird male. Like I'm really, so I'm a middle child. And so I've always kind of had like middle child isms. I'm very, I feel like my theory of middle children is that with, without us being in, with, with us being in the midst of the family unit, but not a central point in it, like it, you know, the, the, it's, we t it forces us inward and outward to kind of be observers and to be kind of self-aware. And, and it's weird. Like I, I feel like I'm still trying to piece together and, and embrace myself because there's, you know, there is this sort of, um, I would say, I wouldn't say forceful, but there is like a conviction to my, I guess, my own alchemy of what I've, my own, 
my own like masculinity, but there's also like an inward feminine element. Like it's it's something that Carl Jung talks about the anima and the animus, and there's like the there's a, the male and the female, and I feel like that sort of resolution in 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 the person is it expresses itself very deeply. So I I I don't know if I'm like normal or like abnormal. I'm, I'm probably yeah, yeah. abnormal, but <laughs> at the end of the day, who's normal? Exactly, exactly, man. So, but yeah, man, but uh. But yeah, this is page 145, and it says, uh, Look to the stars and draw me a constellation, a map of light that leads straight to you. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm going to return to that because I feel like there's something that I really want to say about that that's really, really interesting. And this book's so full of like paradoxes and little, little pathways to different things. And uh, that's the, the beauty of, of how you wrote this is that it almost can present, you know, ideas that you weren't you weren't consciously aware were there and yet there's links so i'm, I'm going to come back to that but okay. um the next part i want to read is kind of a longer passage and this 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 is probably going to be full of uh full of goodies so I, let's i'll see if i can get through it but uh your wound is beautiful and complex it's the story of how you breathe in another day that only ever wanted to take the air from your lungs and silence you only you silenced it with another breath. Your wound shows resilience because even though it healed, it healed with a mark that screams, I am here and I survived. That's really powerful, man. It's very, very simple. And yet it really, the nature of life, like I talk about this a lot, how the nature of life is unconditional. Like we, we, you know, we're born into this world without ever having asked for our existence. You know, the kind of the nature of life is 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 like a is like the Big Bang or something, where it just it, it's like you know, and then there was light, bam, you know, and that nature that that nature of life to move forward is in us all. And I think you captured so beautifully that ability for us to focus on that certainty of the positivity of life, because that's what steers us through the tribulations. I mean, sometimes all you see is black, all you see is darkness. And there's just all you have is this little nugget of faith, this little kernel that you have to grip onto it. And simply, you know, just be just follow it almost almost blindly. But it's not blindly because there is this this belief of the goodness of life, you know, and I feel like, um, you know, that's in some of my darkest days and some of my darkest mo moments. You know, that simple disbelief in it is like enough to steer you through, you know, the 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 storm, you know. Okay. Yeah. It's not shy. It poses proudly that it's indestructible. Your wound beats the blood through you. It gets stomped on with very little hesitation and traded around, yet it holds hope, clean with every beat, that it will fill with love that it beats for. Your wound is a heart that is protected by many layers of scars that only strengthened over time. And once the words of love are spoken and surges through that wound will come back to life, a beautiful beating heart. I made a note here and I wanted to uh, mention this, that, and, and I'll get your thoughts on this because there's this weird, it's difficult to talk about spiritual and in inward wounds because they're not physical wounds they're mm -hmm. you know we have a physical body and yet the only thing we have to really sort of 
allegorize our inward pains with the physical body. So when we talk about a wound, it doesn't mean that like literally somewhere in you, you're bleeding, you know, it's, it's just where our sensation of pain is, I guess, psychologized I'm using big words here. And, uh, you know, that, we're, that, that it's a, um, there's a certain substance there to refer to things with that certainty at the same time, because we can't really see it. We can't really see our soul and these things. We have to kind of navigate it uh, through feeling, you know, and through, uh, I guess, kind of, kind of, uh, kind of finding out for ourselves, ex you know, ex experimenting with our own healing and like how 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 do I feel more whole? How do I connect myself inside myself? And uh, I wrote here something really, that I thought was really cool because it's really inspired like kind of a thought that. Uh, where the heart heals is where it learns difficult truths from pain that drains naivete from love. So love is capable of loving with open eyes. As if for the first time, because it is the first time. And the last time, because no other love can really exist afterward that isn't with open eyes. So that's kind of a, a long thought there. But when you talk about like, a heart that experiences wounds, you know, and, uh, and, and the scarring and everything. And, uh, but you also refer to it as being strengthened over time. And, you know, when, when love comes, you know, and it surges, you know, it, it surges through that wound will, uh, will come back to life, a beautiful beating heart. Um, describe your own thoughts with that and what, and how I just kind of, you know, my own thoughts there about how, you know, when the heart kind of, really begins to heal it's almost like it learns it learns like these dif these difficult truths of life sometimes that's very very personal like sometimes it's fact-oriented confronting the nature of different relationships or aspects of relationships you know but because our eyes are kind of opened because we are um it allows us to really love because because it's not just loving in a in a in a, in a, in a mere emotional sense it's 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 a choice because it sees it can see issues when, in somebody and it can see uh, good and bad, but then choose love, you know, because it, and you know, uh, so yeah, uh, what are your, what are some thoughts about that, about, about the heart healing and, uh, you know, and going through wounds, but then it not becoming hardened, but somehow coming out and almost there's like a, a, a redemptive story to our own pain. If we can cooperate with going through some of this. Yeah. So a little like backstory, this particular piece is kind of something I wrote for me and my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So at any relationship, when you're getting involved with them, you've got baggage as much as they got baggage. You both have been hurt in different times of your life. Yeah. So kind of in the aspect of, yes, my heart was not okay. It was just there. You know, we have to kind of work on understanding that you have had pain in your past. I didn't cause that just like you didn't cause me that pain, but we have to figure out how to not fix each other, mm -hmm. but just kind of not break it again and show that your heart, like you said, it's going to be stronger than ever because it's been broken, mm -hmm. but there's a beautifulness about it being broken to begin with. I feel like you appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. You know what you can survive. You know that your resilience, um, 
I actually really liked what you wrote. I wish you would write your own because <laughs> I was like, dang, that's nice. Yeah, if I can stay focused enough, I'm writing like five different books right now. So it's just the nature of me staying focused. It's just like, it's like my- Stay focused because I do want to read it. Like, okay, it. yeah, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I, appreciate um, I think my favorite- I'm trying to kind of read it as you're reading it as well, because mm -hmm. it's been a kind of a hot minute. Yeah. Um, Page 191. Sorry. Okay. So the, like the last line that you said, like mm -hmm. it only strengthened over time once the words of love are spoken mm -hmm. coming from an experience, you know, for me, I didn't throw that word around ever. What mm -hmm. I felt is not necessarily what I've said. Mm -hmm. You may have feelings, but for me, I'm very scared of saying the word. I love you. Mm -hmm. That just means so much commitment, even if you're in a relationship that is super validating what you're feeling in your heart and using that as an experience. is just more for me. Like I've heard that love and I can feel like your heart is truly mending itself because I'm allowing it to actually go into that. Now, if I don't know if that makes sense, I'm a better, I don't want to be cocky. I'm a better writer than I am speaker. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, no, not always good talking. That was one thing that I didn't want to like burden you with. Is that mm -hmm. like, is that the reason why you wrote this is because it was, uh, the nature of it is, is very complicated to navigate our own emotions. And it wasn't like you, you structured the, the science of your psyche and, and you're some total human, human experience. This is a work of poetry. It's a work of healing. And it's almost like going through it. Well. It's like, you can't be expected to perfectly articulate, but it is interesting just to, to like get a certain a certain perspective of of you know the author behind the words and so even if it's like you know not perfect it's uh it's not expected to be because because you're because we're human man like it's i do my very very best i've learned over time to articulate and stuff but there's still times where it's like you do the best you can and someone still misunderstands you. You're like, good God. You know, I should have practiced before coming on here. <laughs> nah, dude, you're, you're, do you're doing fine. You're doing awesome, man. Like it's, it's, you know, it's really, uh, we're, we're kind of getting into the humanity of things where it's, you know, it's one thing to say something profound, but it's just as, just as, in fact, it's more effective to, to summarize it into a very, very simple, simple, you know, simple way. So it's, uh, you know, whatever ways that you can illuminate these things, you man, you're not, you're not forced to, you know, like to, I'm not, you know, to that's, that's probably, I don't think anyone can actually do that, you know, to really plumb the depths of everything that they possibly are into what they have said. It's very hard. And that's why, uh, but there is a, I think there is a, there is a, I think, a, a need for us to be understood in, in mm -hmm. some ways, you know, man. And usually, like, the incompletion or the ways that something we write or something we work on doesn't fully reflect us or reflect the sum total of what we have to say is the very thing that inspires us to write something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? 100%. So, so as, you're, as we're navigating these things, man, hopefully in some ways we, you know, approach pockets of latent inspiration for things that you may write further. So, you know, uh, if there's uncertainty or if there's uh, areas of like, you know, I don't know, that's, that's great too. And yes, yeah, <laughs> was there anything else that, that you were, want I interrupted you, I apologize. I know you're fine. Mm -hmm. I should have asked you for a questions list. I know. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought that, about that after the fact. Yeah, I know, I know. Or I should have given you these passages to kind of like reflect on, you know, man. But you know, dude, I it's weird. Usually in the past, I've done that, but I was just like, ah, heck. Moving. Yeah, fine. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, this uh, this other passage. This is uh, one ninety five. Um, I loved as if I had never been broken. That was the beauty of strength. I love that, man. That's really, uh, yeah, del delve into that a little bit. Cause that's really, really like, I feel like th this is a book of redemption, honestly. It's a book of you redeeming your pain, being able to kind of approach a lot of the darker areas of your life. And yet in the midst of, a, of that, kind of creating a certain certainty in yourself regarding what love means to you, you know, and, uh, you know, and kind of experience your own capacity to give of that in, in a way that you never did before unless you had endured some of the trials and tribulations and stuff. That's a very, very short passage. But um, if you could kind of summarize in your own, in your, with, with your own experience and stuff, that, that sort of redemption story, I guess you could say, um, I don't know, how would you go about saying, or how would you go about describing that little own pa that passage alone, it's kind of the whole book almost in a nutshell, you know, uh, but there's a lot of detail there that's probably very interesting. I mean, any, anything that comes to mind that you think is kind of noteworthy? I think just the basic of, you know, it's like very cliche, but like when you do meet that person that you just can't help but to kind of release yourself from being scared from holding back mm. you know that was me like i was i didn't like dating i hated dating i'm a very awkward person <laughs> and you know sometimes i'm not one to want to jump into anything but for my person he was so different than anyone i had dated and been in a relationship with it was kind of like wait a second why are you with me like why are you interested mm -hmm. and I just remember when he, you know, had told me that he loved me for the first time, I didn't say it back because I was like, wait a second, you love me. We didn't, we never did this. Right. <laughs> so I, I waited, I think a whole day to tell him because I was so scared to say it thinking it was going to end. But I know the moment that I said it, I just felt at peace. Like I was so comfortable with it. I just never, I didn't think back to any time I was heartbroken. I just <laughs> felt like I was giving this person my heart and that was the end of it. Wow. That was the first time I ever did that. Like I said, I've never said, I love you to a previous relationship. Even if I felt it, mm -hmm. didn't want to say it. So I feel like when you truly know in your heart, you don't feel any pain that you've ever felt before, hmm. which is wow. remarkable. Wow. That is remarkable. That's probably, it's probably even kind of inconceivable. Like, <laughs> I, you know, one thing that I feel like, uh, in some of the darker passages I, I could relate with is that, man, there is that feeling that, that you have of like in your darker moments of like, okay, will life always be this way? Or, or is there, cause you've that, it's almost like we come into this world and we, and we experience the, the, the joy of life so effortlessly. And then we kind of accumulate pain and we, our identity becomes kind of, fractionalized happening and yeah yeah and we don't realize that the ego is almost constructed as a means of like uh, it's a means of being able to um what's the word um it's like the ego is, is a is a means of us being able to endure 
our existence, our, our relationships. You know, so we kind of construct somebody, you know, and so we imitate. And there's, there's enough of us in that, in that ego identity to have some fulfillment, but to really open up and to like be really ourselves is something that um, I think we really all probably struggle with because, you know, it's not really rewarded in a way in our society, you know, where it's, we're much more rewarded to, to kind of, uh, you know, to kind of be an archetype, you know, to, to, to be, you know, just an overwhelming character where people can simplify and understand your energy and you got it, you know, uh, I know in my own life, I actually, I'm, I have to, I've had to experiment with my own ability to, because my, my nature is if, if I go out in five minutes, I'm talking about like philosophy and talking about God, talking about things because it's so easy. I'm like, so yeah, what's your, uh, what's your, your childhood trauma? You know? And it's like, people can't yeah, handle that. You know, so it's, you know, I, it's almost like I'm having to learn. Okay. So how can I be like, how can I effortlessly be so welcoming to other people to where I convert this depth in this, this depth into, into really loving people where they are? Cause they may not want to get into intellectual conversation. They may, they may just want to, you know, I can, I don't know, just, they may just want to have a good time in, in a certain way. And they, you know, and usually at some point people will open up cause they, they, they sense that there's more to you, but I don't know We're we're so, um, we're very, very encouraged to kind of be a caricature or to be a, to be a persona as opposed to really like telling it like it is. And we're getting better with that. I feel like there's a sort of, um, I think we really are feeling more and more in our, in our overlapping generations. We're feeling the need to be real and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and I feel like just, just the weight of, uh, the weight of superficiality can only be kind of held for so long, you know, like you can I mean, only like your parents or grandparents, they don't talk about anything bad going on in their life or family is hush hush. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a huge, um, issue with mental health as it is. Mm -hmm. Our, I think our generation is talking more about it now because it's more evident with like celebrities killing themselves mm -hmm. and we're like Robin Williams, happiest guy ever, but he mm -hmm. wasn't happy. So I think us starting the conversation as our age is going to help the next generation. Absolutely. Be comfortable speaking about it. Yeah. I feel like it's such a positive response and a desire to talk about these things, uh, especially in the last, from the last couple of years and stuff that we're all, uh, you know, man, we, we all are still processing things and still kind of realizing the importance of our own uh, inward development. Because when, when we, when you, when you have a, a pandemic and a lock, you know, where we're locked down and stuff, it's like you quickly realize that, oh, there's so much that I need to unpack and still have left to unpack that you're removed from the busyness of life, you know, and you're faced with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm talking forever here, but <laughs> no, I, I agree with you though. I feel like the more I've been able to, um, and then, kind of what I want to do with a lot of my, with my music, with my writing, with, uh, with this podcast and everything. I want to approach mental health from a very optimistic perspective because mental health sounds kind of way too, uh, academic, you know, it sounds like there's all these disorders and these, there's these things, there's all this thing. And, and that's fine. It's good to, to, you know, that's cool. But I feel like the, the root of, of, of mental health is really our own, our own joy, our own ability to process ourselves. And so there's a, at root of all that, there's this 
thirst for inward knowledge, for self-knowledge. And I feel like it's up to us, people like us, that we can genuinely share ourselves, share our struggles, also share most of all, are uh, the redemptive qualities to how we've been able to work through our pain, work through things that, I mean, you know, man, like I can remember, you know, in my darker moments as a teenager, man, just not being able to conceive, even in my 20s, you know, being able to uh, not really conceive of getting out of this and realizing that my pain isn't something I, your pain shouldn't be something that you simply want to, get rid of you have to process it and that's where it's not like physical pain it's one thing when your body has physical pain but physical pain is where your body is telling you something's wrong Mm -hmm. you know and pain is something that our immediate temptation is that we want the, the pain to go away without realizing that it's actually the the deeper thing that's causing the pain that needs to be addressed so yeah i feel like that's kind of uh what we both are probably processing in our in our different different things that we're doing. I like this. This is speaking of the pandemic. Like this is this this made me kind of kind of chuckle, but it's like so like it's 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 very profound. Also, like it says, uh, I carry a piece of paper in my bag that notes I'm essential. I should have been carrying that around the whole time. <laughs> That's okay. like really. It's it's like it's it's funny, but it's so yeah. like it's a great great line because it's it's. I mean, who, I mean, who isn't essential, you know, it's like that, that, that a whole idea is, uh, depends on how you're validated by people. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and I think in terms of love, your own, your own self-love and your own ability to kind of value yourself as the essential thing that stems everything else from, you know, uh, it was a really, a really fu- uh, funny line, but I thought it was a great way of like articulating a very, very simple, simple truth. Love cannot simply be defined. It reaches far beyond a touch that gives off a spark, a simple glance that captures your attention, a moment that steadies your breathing while your heart thumps louder. Love is brutal honesty. It's chaos that brings an inferno. Love is whatever you define it to be. That's really powerful, man. Uh, so I'm curious, what do you define love to be? Well, there's two answers to that. One is very intellectual, which indicates really what it should be, which is not intellectual. It's it's, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, because... I think I've been uh, in lo- with a lot of the OCD stuff and everything. Um, I've described the process of what I call Shawshanking my way, you know, to, to healing where I, I'm just trying to get one little more nugget at a time, you know, to like get out of where I am, you know, and, and it's, it's almost like the, you know, the prison that I, f- I thought I was in was something that I felt I had to like dig all these tunnels to get out of. And when the whole time, like the door was unlocked, you know, and for me, love first comes from the understanding that life is unconditional. And what stems from our understanding of unconditional life is unconditional love. Because to me, love is, is sort of that unconditional life, um, 
kind of translated into our ability to relate with ourselves and each other. And so there's a sort of um, inward fidelity to alignment and to what our our understanding of what, of what is true and what is not true in, in an intellectual sense, but true in our in my own alignment. So whenever I experience something that challenges my alignment, there's enough importance I've put on this uh, this sense that I've developed within myself of being uh, of having a kind of an infrastructure that holds reality in a way that has that's that understands understands myself and understands other people and so my ability to understand and choose to understand uh to me that to to choose to to uh to have an understanding of someone but understanding someone isn't fully loving them it's that to me it's the necessary conditions of experiencing love to really bond is to be able to to notice whether this person has some sort of issue that I'm becoming like their newest addiction, you know, or I'm becoming like the, they're not really loving me. They're loving an idea of me, which is very, I think is very, very, very uh, common for women, especially, and, yeah. you know, because you want like the perfect love story, the perfect love partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that me love, love, but not in love. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's maybe we as men and women have the same problem because our ideas of what we want so uh, what, what we of what we want that person to be that may be different, but the same problem kind of lies to um fall in love with your idea of who a person is rather than who who they really are. And mm -hmm. so it's almost like that's why um to really be able to being able to navigate your own self being able to appropriately say okay the person that the person that i have to accept myself as as being the as being the person who i have to value more than anybody else not in the sense of like it being uh socio you know uh you know being a being a sociopath or whatever but but in a very practical way of saying okay and more for me to really accept someone i have to have that idea of what that acceptance even looks like or else i'm just blindly imitating what this acceptance is you know and there's there's a numbness there to really feel present with someone they're present with you and so you get you have you get to learn how to be present with yourself and so um you know, we, we keep going back. I keep going back to that idea, but that's the kind of this. There's there, there's a real. Um, I feel like right now more than ever, there's that kind of idea of of everything stemming from my own acceptance and my own love that's properly orientated because we've kind of had that beat into us this notion of self love or self fulfillment as being kind of a selfish thing. In fact, I I had a guest on where. To even we'll just refer to it as, as you know you have to be selfish sometimes you know and uh and I, I know what he means because it's like it feels that way it feels like but if my self-nourishment is the thing that that spurs healthy relationships then it's not selfish it's actually i'm thinking of, of other people because it's it's the, the direct line of 
um, you know, that sort of train of consequence, you know, that as I nourish myself, I have something to give to someone else, you know, and, uh, you yeah, know, cause like it's um, a cliche thing. Like you, in order to love someone else, you have to love yourself first. Mm -hmm. You have to accept your flaws for that other person to accept your flaws. Mm -hmm. It's never going to work. Absolutely. And well, let me ask you, what were some of the flaws? What are the, some of the things that you had to look at in your own life in your own, like, um, what were some of the areas that were very, very crucial for you to begin to release some of this, uh, you know, so your own acceptance in yourself and to process some of these, these things? Like, what, were, what are some of the areas of maybe vulnerability and, and acceptance that, that may even apply to other people, you know? To be honest, like not using my voice. Mm. I keep very quiet because my fear is I don't want them to leave me. I don't want them not to love me or like me. So that was my biggest like thing I had to work on myself. I, I didn't use my voice and it got to the point where obviously relationships ended or mm -hmm. I took them back without an apology because I loved them. You know, mm -hmm. I think I didn't know how to just have standards for myself. I just let, you know, you get walked on. And for me, I just, at a certain point, just felt like that's all that was going to be given to me. Like I didn't deserve anything higher because I had the lowest of standards for the guys I was dating. Not that they're bad people. Mm -hmm. The relationship just wasn't good. You know, mm -hmm. for me, before I met this person, I just had to really look at myself and be like, I am actually worth this much. I'm not going to settle for less. If this guy doesn't do this, that's the end of it. Why should I settle for something so much lower when at the end of the day, it doesn't make me happy. Mm -hmm. It just makes me cry. It makes me sad. It makes me question, you know, should I even be here? Mm. So it's definitely been a process. Mm -hmm. He still puts up with me. Thank God <laughs> that helps. Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, even like we're going on six years this month and it's still, I've had to learn things even now of how to deal with the relationship because I didn't have that in previous relationships. Mm -hmm. So if we, you know, communicate, maybe my communication isn't the best because now I actually do have a voice and I'm using it, but it's loud. I don't know how to speak quietly. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to, I don't need to yell. I can just talk to you like a conversation if I don't feel comfortable about something or if I'm mad at you for something. Mm -hmm. So it's a never ending process of learning you, I think mm, yeah. you're always thinking more about yourself. Yeah. You know, I feel like too, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain frequency that you have to kind of dial in with someone where you have to know the tone and know the way, because too often, if you come at it, just, you know, directly, it kind of, or you it, speak very loudly, but you're not yelling. Yeah. Yeah. There's ways of actually kind of running along someone and saying something as opposed to like, bam, you know, like like politics, this happens all the time, like with people that have different opinions, they think they, they're going to convert someone by just like owning them and just like, you know, bam, you know, whatever, whatever. And it, it's you're just driving them away. <laughs> you're, you're driving them into their own arms because it's you're not you're not articulating uh, any sort of any sort of desire to understand where they're coming from. Anytime I've ever allowed my emotions to get to me and, I, and I've really come forcefully at someone uh, without, you know, real pre presence. It's not that we don't get angry, but we have to, anger's a choice. 
And too often, anger is more of a reaction, in the, and then we're not choosing, you know, that it's, we're kind of becoming possessed with unconscious energy that we haven't really confronted, but we're now using the opportunity to let it out, you know? Load. Yeah, yeah, and, and certain ways in, in a relationship that plays out, you know, of realizing that there, there has to be this degree of processing that allows your voice to be heard and allows you to feel seen and to really feel valued. It's weird, man. Like I've been kind of cursed sometimes with like this hyper awareness that all I will either be seeing someone for a short period of time. And I immediately know in my, in my gut that, you know, it feels like, it feels like I, I, you know, when you eat like cake or pie or candy, it tastes good at first, but then it's like the next day, if you keep eating it, you just feel like crap. You know, and after a while, you're just like, I, I, I want a salad, <laughs> you know, like I want, I just, you know, I, and it's like when you're not with someone who's nourishing your own uh, different areas, it checks kind of all the boxes, N not all of them, but you feel like you're actually growing with the person, man. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's like, it's almost a form of torture. You're torturing yourself and it's just, I can, I can pick up on that so quickly that it's just like, I wish sometimes I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't have this ability and maybe, maybe it is some fear, you know, in there, but there's, uh, I understand you're not going to find someone who's perfect. And to me, that's why even being aware, someone being aware of their own imperfections in a healthy way but still kind of having enough certainty to have, you know, the certain confidence in their development. You know, that's to me, that's a very, very attractive trait, man. To, to, to me, that's being sane, you know, like uh, being someone that who is so in tune with like the condition of humanity too often. I will, I will attract damaged people and. Uh, Cause you want to fix them. It's yeah. Like well, I mean, it's weird. It's, I know we're all kind of damaged, but at the same time, like there is like, there are, there's a certain length that, or that you have to draw back from There's a certain boundary that you can only go so far. And once you feel like you're compromising yourself, um, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that in your own experience? Like with your trying to determine where your boundaries are and how you how two imperfect people should have not a perfect relationship but but a perfectly imperfect relationship <laughs>